This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello Allah, and welcome back to the second hour of Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. How do you get through to people when we're overwhelmed with news reports about climate change? Photographer J. Henry Fair's images cut through the noise with surprisingly beautiful photos that take you inside the landscapes that bear the true cost of our insatiable consumption. Coming up this hour, you'll meet the American photographer and environmental activist as he talks about his inspirations and why his work is so important. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. At the Exposure Photography Festival, I walked past an incredible exhibition of large-scale aerial landscape photographs that were breathtakingly beautiful. Vividly colourful and abstract at first glance, they quickly draw you in until you realise upon closer inspection that what you're seeing is far more ominous than what you first thought. The beauty in the photograph is actually the destruction to the environment that our consumption habits wreak on the natural world. The man behind these images is photographer and passionate environmentalist J. Henry Fair. Based between New York City and Berlin, he travels constantly capturing images from a bird's eye view of the toxic waste created by industries. His recent book, Industrial Scars, The Hidden Cost of Consumption, sold out at the first printing. Farah has just published his second book, On the Edge, Kumbahi to Winya, bringing attention to the tragic effects created by human impact on the planet's coastlines. They define us, they contain us, and connect us to the outside world, he says. People are migrating to the coast in ever-growing numbers, and this trend is only set to increase. At the same time, the climate emergency is predicted to increase the impact of storm activity and rising sea levels. And that, climate researchers say, could have catastrophic results. With that in mind, J. Henry Fair has undertaken an ambitious portrait of the coast of the United States. The first chapter of his project entailed a return to his hometown of Charleston, the South Carolina shoreline, to capture the beauty and frailty of this land. I caught up with Fair at the Exposure Photography Festival here in Sharjah, and he started out by giving me his impressions of the Middle East, and particularly... Islamic art. I love the calligraphy. I love the shapes. I love the, you know, it's so interesting because of the Moorish invasion of Spain and then the Spanish invasion of Mexico. If we go to Mexico, we see Moorish architecture. And I find this fascinating. This says so much about how the world has worked through the through time. Yeah. Exactly, and the cultural exchanges that have happened. Whether by war or trade or whatever, yeah. Exactly, all of the different ways. Let's talk about your work. Your work stops me in my tracks and stops everybody in their tracks as they walk through exposure here. Um, At first glance, they look like abstract pieces, but as you get closer, you realize that these are landscapes. 
and there's a lot that yeah. is being said yeah. in each and every image. Yeah. It's really, really, really stunning. Thank you. Tell me about how you started creating these images that have now become your signature. So these are all pictures about the environment and about, it's funny, in our modern world, we have separated ourselves from nature, but in fact, we are a part of nature and nature supports us. Nature gives us clean air and clean water. So my pictures, as you said, I make these beautiful abstract expressionist images, which are really photographs. And as we look closer, we see details which tell us, oh, there's something which gives us some sense of perspective of what I'm looking at. But at first glance, yes, they are, they look like abstract artwork. And each one has a story, as you say, and the story of each one is about the damage we're doing to nature by our rampant consumption. Yeah, for everything we, there is a hidden cost for everything that we buy. Whether it's an article of food or a smartphone, there is a cost. And even if we don't know that cost, it's very real. So a gorilla was eaten for the minerals to get us the smartphone and a woman was raped and murdered so that we can have this magical device that we all use actually I don't use one but you don't have a phone I have a, an old Nokia uh, two sim card phone that a friend gave me so it's a hand-me-down um, but no I have not and of course we know that we must that some someday I will relent and and take a smartphone because more and more things in our world cannot be done without a smartphone yeah i mean you can't rent a bicycle you can't call an uber you can't there are many things you can't do without a smartphone anymore exactly. so yes the day will come when i will have one but i i don't and i more interesting when snowden revealed what he revealed about the NSA and we all knew it we all knew that everything electronic was being monitored yeah was be we were being spied on by governments and by corporations and we all said oh my privacy my privacy but that's completely the wrong fear the real fear is the big data picture which is being developed about populations which allows control of populations which allows the manipulation of individuals. And we saw that with Brexit and with the, the last presidential election. So that's one of my big fears about social media and smartphones. So I'm guessing that you don't use your smartphone, your, your non-existent smartphone to take photos like the rest of us no. do. No, 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 yeah. no, no, absolutely not. You're very much a camera in hand. Yeah, I, I will confess, when I have a camera, I'm like Keith Moon, yeah, the, the drummer from The Who. When when The Who wanted to start a tour, they had to start a month ahead and train and get Keith Moon drumming again. So when I have a camera in hand, I'm working. And I don't like to be, it's so easy to be behind the lens. And, you know, being human is about interacting with other people and talking to them and finding out what their, you know, hopes and dreams are. And so I like to do that. Yeah, I want to meet people and talk to them and and photograph them, but yeah. Absolutely. How did this start for you, this kind of photography, this kind of storytelling? 
Coming up next, Jay Henry talks his inspirations and drive in his work. More to come right here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats and my conversation with photographer and environmental activist J. Henry Fair. Here he tells me how he started taking these incredible photos, which have become his signature. I used to do a lot, of, a lot of commercial photography and still do some, but I wanted to make pictures that told a larger story. I realized that, that shooting fashion was very shallow. And I wanted to do something that mattered. And the environment was the topic that mattered to me. And so I wanted to make pictures that told the story about the destruction of the environment, which I see as being such an emergency. And so I started trying to take these pictures. And I've always been interested in mechanical, the beauty of mechanical things and um, the beauty of industrial shapes and and that led me to looking at that from an environmental perspective. Then I, I, I tried to do this and then I, but the pictures were rather boring. They were rather documentary and it took me a while to learn that uh, the aerial perspective was really interesting for humans. We all dream of flying. And even more that making an abstract image, what is art, of course, but I, art is something that moves us. A document is something that, that we read, we, art moves us. And I can make it into art by making it more abstract. Yeah. Tell me about the process. How do you create these images? Are you up in a plane? Do you have a drone? Is it higher than that? How does it work? Yeah, I, I usually fly, I always fly in airplanes because I, I'm looking for things. I cover big distances. I know a lot about industry and, and the, I know a lot about the topics I'm looking at. So I can go to a place, find a plane, it's not easy, hire the plane and get up and fly and look around. And of course, then as I'm approaching a place, I'm looking at it and saying, okay, where is the picture? Where is the picture that I can make a beautiful picture that tells this story that I want to tell? So it's a long, it's a, it's a long, there's actually this video, which you can see in the exhibit, and I put it on YouTube. So at J. Henry Fair YouTube's channel, you can actually see that. And it, it shows sort of my process of looking at maps, researching, I do a lot of research. How, how long does it take you to research an area? How do you first pick the locations? And then you research. Of course, now I know a lot about these processes. For instance, I've been focused. Did you just research yourself or yeah. have, yeah. And talk to people, talk to experts, talk to scientists. Um, it's funny, in our, in our day, science has been discredited because industry doesn't want science, they want profit. And so science is discredited when it contradicts the wishes of industry. 
But so I talk to a lot of scientists and a lot of environmentalists, and I learn about the process, about the impacts of the process, and where it's done. And I read a lot about this stuff. So, and then I choose, for instance, lately I've been shooting the brown coal mines in Germany a lot because uh, Germany is a country with many good things, but it's still burning a lot of brown coal, which is a tremendous, burning coal is the largest single cause of climate change. It's the thing we must stop immediately. And so, <clears throat> For Germany, which is an advanced country, to still be burning coal, of course they say, oh, it's for the jobs, it's for energy security, but that's nonsense. So that's an, a, a single example. I'm looking for the topics, and then I'm looking for where that happens, and then I'm studying, of course, satellite view is a big help, and when I find a location, then I have to find... Are you talking about like Google, Google Earth? Sure. And that, do you use that? Of course, a lot. Wow. wow. A lot. One, okay. one, can, one can't help but use it. Yeah. Um, so then I, I have to find a pilot. So that means calling around and trying to find a pilot who will fly me. In and this specific area, yeah. In a specific area, yeah. And that's not easy either. Coming up, if you only knew the impact that one aluminium can that you're throwing away can have, you're going to want to hear this next. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95 and my special interview with photographer turned environmental activist J. Henry Fair at the Exposure Photography Festival. Here he tells me the story behind one of his works that was on exhibit here in Sharjah and how we all need to understand the impact of our actions, even if it's just throwing away one aluminium can. Well, the one we're standing in front of is a picture of bauxite waste from the making of aluminum, aluminium. And we don't really think about, of course, we're all drinking soda from aluminium cans, and we don't think about the consequences of an aluminium can when we drink our soda and throw it away. But the making of one aluminium can needs enough electricity, for instance, to power your computer for three hours. And since electricity is generated by burning fossil fuels, that means a lot of climate change in one aluminium can. We all think, oh, you know, I'm drinking with an aluminium can and I can just recycle it and it'll be fine, but actually... Well, and aluminium recycles very easily. Yeah. But for instance, if I walk down the streets of New York City and look in the garbage can, there are a lot of aluminium cans. In the United States, they throw away enough aluminium cans to make the entire commercial air fleet every year. That's how much aluminium is thrown away. And when we think about the climate change impact of that and the pollution impact, because when we process aluminium, when we process anything, but when we process aluminium, for instance, all of the byproducts that are in that bauxite ore are released. Lead, mercury, all of these byproducts. So an aluminium refinery will release a tremendous amount of mercury, for instance. So that's the other, and it also, it, in the making, the chemical process releases a lot of climate change gases. Yeah. 
So it's a tremendously polluting process, not to mention the fact that in some place, in the, usually in the Southern Hemisphere, the bauxite is excavated. A lot of it comes from Jamaica, a lot of it comes from Brazil, which are, Brazil especially, is one of the most biodiverse places in the world. So if you're cutting down a forest and digging up the ground to get the bauxite, this is yet another impact. So, and that's just, that's the, the story behind one of these pictures. The thing is, um, so the pollution part is, well, this describe is it to all, me here. So, because uh, this is quite, it looks like ocean, but it's orange. Right, and we're looking straight down at the English word is impoundment. We're looking at an enclosed sea on land because in the U.S. the laws were made. They they used to dump this in the Mississippi River. This one's near. This one's in Louisiana. But then in 1973, the law was written that they could no longer do that. So they had to store it on land, and it produces a tremendous volume of this stuff. Now. So is that water, but it's orange? This is standing water. So this is, oh but it's water standing on top of the bauxite right, waste. Right, right. This is right after Hurricane Katrina. This white foam is coming from the refinery. Now to make, to make aluminum, you dissolve the ore in uh, sodium hydroxide, which has a pH of 13, if you know something about the pH, it's actually caustic. Oh, is it the other way? It's yeah, yeah, it's um, okay. it's so alkali, it will burn the the skin off your finger if you put your finger in that. I mean, it's that it's that caustic. Oh my God. So and to think that, that that is going into the land, that is going yeah. into the environment. And in fact, this one, if you go to the edge of this impoundment. Their children playing in, and by the way, as this dries, once this water, this was right after Hurricane Katrina, so once this water evaporates off, then it's dust which blows around. So all of these impurities, and their houses right next to this. There's a playground, I ha I, again, I photographed this number of times, there's a playground right next to this, it's crazy. It's incredible to think how much of this pollution is around us every single day and how it impacts people's lives. He does, in fact, talk to the people in these communities and captures their lives on film as well. And uh, it all just points to the urgency of the situation. Coming up next, find out who inspires J. Henry Fair. And it's not just photographers. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. And I'm talking the environmental impact that our everyday decisions have with photographer J. Henry Fair. Here he tells me more about the inspirations behind his work. So I have the, uh, no, because what I show is the abstracts. Okay. But I also have the, the, in the movie business, we would call it the establishing shot. Right. Which shows this in relation to, to the local area. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask you, um, in terms of photography, who inspires you? Well, someone like David inspires me. David Burnett, for sure. Because he's been, he's really been at the, at the, the crucial points in history for the last 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a Russian photographer whose name I've forgotten, who when Chernobyl happened, he was out there 
photographing the the destruction, and I think he died from radiation poisoning. Uh, in my talk today at 4.30, I'll talk about Goya, who inspired me, Francisco yeah. de Goya. Yeah. Um, he's one of my favorite artists. So, yeah, I don't really focus so much on photography. I mean, it's nice to suddenly have, have met David. I met him in New York before, but yeah. But, but I'm maybe even more inspired by painters than, than photographers. So, Goya? Goya, I happen to like very much uh, De Chirico. He's a little out of fashion now. Um, uh, Duchamp, Marcel Duchamp, is um, is a great influence. You're talking about mid 20th century masters here. So the thing about your photography is that it's actually stunningly beautiful, but then when you realize the story, it's kind of shocking at the same time. It really hits you. Yeah. So what is the impact that you're hoping to make with these? photos what are you hoping that people are going to take away what kind of change do you want to see i want people to think about what they buy i want people to think about the impact of the of the the, the durham that they spend and if an individual says i will only buy toilet paper made from old newspapers yeah i will buy recycled toilet paper we save a forest if we say okay you know what I know that eating meat means the deforestation of the Amazon, so I will only eat meat once a week, and I will eat only happy meat, meat raised locally with animals who are not factory farmed. We, you know, meat is one of the worst things we do to the planet. Yeah. What, like, something I didn't get to ask you is, why are you so passionate about this issue? Like, is there, I don't know, is there a tipping point for you where, like, something hit you, an incident where you just thought, I can't, I have to do something? No, I've always been uh, concerned, conscious of this stuff, concerned about this stuff, and especially about the, 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 the use of hydrocarbon energy yeah. has always been a concern for me, even since I was a young child. Amazing. I don't know why. His images are absolutely stunning and everyone needs to see them because it really does hit home and you realize the magnitude of the problem. Don't forget you can listen back, you can download or share the interview. It will be available on our podcast page on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Andrabi and you'll be the first to know when a new podcast episode hits. All you need to do is just search for Life Beats on Pulse95 and subscribe. That's it from me on Life Beats today. Have a fantastic day and see you back here again tomorrow from 10 a.m. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.